Welcome to Queued Up. It is Monday, January 23rd, 2022. Excited to have you in here as we begin another week. And it is the day after the divisional round in the NFL playoffs has concluded. We do have a final four. The Chiefs will be playing the Bengals on Sunday night. And the Niners will be playing the Eagles before that game I think the game is at 3 or 3.30. That'll be in Philadelphia. The Chiefs-Bengals game is in Kansas City. There was a chance that if the Bills won, the Chiefs and the Bills would be going to a neutral site just because of how the season ended, because the Bills played one last game. That would have given them an opportunity to get the number one seed. So that is all kaput. The Chiefs are hosting the Bengals Sunday night. That's going to be such an exciting game to watch. Also, the 49ers and Eagles game is going to be a great game to watch, too. So those two games on Sunday, the cream of the crop in the NFL. And I don't think there's really anyone that's going to disagree with the Final Four right now. I mean, if you were going to tell me that these four teams were going to be in the Final Four at the beginning of the year, I would have said, yeah, probably. Makes sense because these four teams have been really good. Obviously, the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl last year. I think there were some people that might have thought that that Super Bowl run last year was a fluke just because of the history of the organization and how bad they have been historically. But the Bengals are back there in the AFC Championship. It's going to be Mahomes against Burrow. And then for the Eagles, will this finally be the year that they break through with that team? I know they were they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. That's fine. But they got to the playoffs last year. They lost it. And the Eagles, they're the number one seed in the NFC. So I think a lot of people think that they're going to win this game against the 49ers. I happen to be a believer of the Niners. We'll get into a preview of the final four of the championship games on Friday. But I think I still just want to start this podcast talking about the Giants. And, you know, I thought it was going to be a lot closer. The Giants play close games, obviously, week 18 against the Eagles. The Giants had their second and third stringers out there. It looked like that this was going to be a game that would come down to the wire. Or maybe not wire, but definitely be a lot closer than what it was. But the Giants were never in the game at all. Daniel Jones did not play as well or nearly as well as he did against the Minnesota Vikings. And yet on top of that, Jalen Hurts, I thought he was going to be a little banged up going into the game. But I mean, kudos to him. He did not look like he was rusty or hurt at all the way that he was running. Hertz had 34 yards rushing, had a rushing touchdown. You also add to the fact that he had two passing touchdowns, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, each with with touchdowns. And the Giants, I mean, let's face it, they didn't play well, but on top of that, they just don't have the personnel that matches up with the Philadelphia Eagles. If there were if there was a draft of the Eagles and Giants players, I would probably say the first 5 players picked in that draft are on the Eagles. That's how much of a talent discrepancy there is, and it's one of the reasons why I think Brian Dable should be the head coach of the year. The way that he had his team playing down the stretch, they won a playoff game. They played They had a really good season. They really did. But if you're a Giants fan and you're sitting here on Monday saying, oh, yeah, well, you know what? It was a good season. I wasn't expecting that. And we'll be back next year. I don't think they will be, honestly. Like, it's going to be tough to replicate the success. You can have the same players or better players on the team next year. 
And you still may not even get to that point just because of how fluky the NFL is. The Eagles, yeah, you look across them, they're one of the main reasons why. The Eagles are talented, they're well-coached, and after the season is over, they have two more first-round draft picks. They have a top-10 pick, the Saints pick. So the Eagles aren't going anywhere. They have a supreme front office, a GM who knows great talent where it is, and gets the job done. This is a great organization, and it sucks if you're a Giants fan because the Eagles are in your division. If you take a look, too, at Dallas, they're in your division, too. Two very good teams, but if I'm a Giants fan, the one team that you have to play twice every year and that is in your way of having success in the playoffs is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. And it just adds on to a terrible weekend if you're a Giants fan and it just shows how far apart you are personnel-wise from the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm an idiot. I thought it was actually going to be close. I was caught in Brian Dable and Daniel Jones making a run in the playoffs, beating the Eagles, and there were a lot of people that thought that the Giants could beat the Eagles. I thought that they were going to at least be within a touchdown. I didn't think it was going to be that much of a blowout, but they need to add talent in the offseason. They need to draft well. And I mentioned that team that they have to compete with is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know what? They're going to have a leg up in the draft just because they have more picks than you if you're a Giants fan. So a lot of question marks going into the offseason. Daniel Jones, will he come back? Will he not? Saquon Barkley, will he come back? Will he not? Those two guys are unrestricted free agents. So they can go anywhere. I get the inclination that Dable and Joe Shane, the Giants general manager, wants Daniel Jones back, and I think Daniel Jones wants to come back. And if I'm Daniel Jones, why wouldn't I? I just had my best season as a pro under Brian Dable and his coaching staff. So if they want me back, I'll definitely come back if I'm Daniel Jones. And Brian Dable probably wants Daniel Jones back just because out of all of the quarterbacks on the market right now, Lamar Jackson may or may not be. I think Jackson will probably stay with the Ravens. You have Jimmy Garoppolo out there. Aaron Rodgers will probably stay with the Packers as well. Don't know what's happening with Brady, but if you take a look at the quarterback market, Daniel Jones is probably the best one out there. So it would make sense for the Giants to go out and bring in Daniel Jones again, or you just want to blow it all up and draft a quarterback. I don't think the Giants will go that route. I think that I think they're going to keep Daniel Jones. So Obviously, a lot of time to talk about that. The game, there's really not much to talk about. They got outplayed in all aspects of the game. And I like how aggressive Brian Dable was in the game, at least early on. They went for it fourth and eight. They didn't get it. The ball was, believe, on the Eagles' side of the field. But then if you're the Giants, too, in the second half and Brian Dable, there was a similar situation where it was fourth and six, and they decided to punt it on their side of the field. It was at the 45 or 44 yard line, something like that, and they decided to punt it. So Brian Dable goes for it, fourth and eight at the beginning of the game, down by seven, and then he punts it fourth and six later in the game, down by three scores. It That didn't make sense. That's really the only criticism I have, other than the fact they were just, you know, they just got beat by a better team and the Philadelphia Eagles personnel. So no questions about it. They are extremely talented. I do want to move on, though, talk about some other games that went on this weekend. Let's talk about this Chiefs-Jaguars game, which preceded the Giants-Eagles game. 
Patrick Mahomes got hurt, and there was a window of opportunity for the Jaguars to come back in that game, and they kind of did. They kept it close for the majority of the game. I thought it was going to be close, and then I thought the Chiefs were just going to turn it on in the second half and really take it to the Jaguars, but that was not the case because Patrick Mahomes did get hurt. Yes, Henny did a great job, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes still finished with 200 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Trevor Lawrence, not great. He did throw an interception, but... I mean, that that did. I mean, it came down to the wire. I had the Chiefs winning by about 10 points. They only won by seven, so I lost that. My picks, by the way, for the weekend, I think I was one in three. I had the Giants plus seven and a half. That obviously didn't work. Talking about the Chiefs and Jags game right now. Chiefs minus nine and a half, I think. That didn't work. The Bills over the Bengals. That didn't work. The Bengals won. And then the Niners and Cowboys. I had the Niners, so I did get that one right. So one in three. I am 1-6 in my playoff predictions, so that goes to show how much I know about the sport of football, but Chiefs and Jags, there was a little bit of a scare there if you're a Chiefs fan, but Mahomes did end up coming back. They did rule after the game that he had a that he has a high ankle sprain. We'll see how that affects him throughout the week. I'm sure it's probably not going to be much better as we get to Sunday when they play the Bengals, and that certainly is going to be a storyline going into the game against the Bengals. But the Chiefs did get it done. Jaguars made it close at the end. They scored 10 points in the fourth quarter, but the Chiefs did just enough to win, and they advanced to their fifth straight AFC title game. And the job that Chad Henney did, too, When Mahomes went down, the drive started at, I believe, the two-yard line for the Kansas City Chiefs in the second quarter, and Chad Henney comes out in a playoff game. Remember, he's just, he's not warmed up. He's into the game. He goes 5 of 7, throws a touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey, and I think once that happened, I think that was a pretty big deflator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. When you see Mahomes going down on the sideline, You're like, yeah, you know what? We got a chance. We have a chance to win this game because Mahomes is down. That's got to be how the Jaguars were feeling. But to see Chad Henney, who's been in the league for 15 years, a backup for the majority of those years, come off the bench and do what he did, I mean, that was just simply amazing. And once that happened, I was like, yeah, the Chiefs do have this in the bag, and they did. So 27-20, the Chiefs move on. They'll be hosting the AFC Championship game against... The Cincinnati Bengals, and man, what a performance for the Bengals. They absolutely crushed the Buffalo Bills. They scored 14 points in the first quarter and did not look back. They pretty much coasted throughout the rest of the game. Josh Allen threw up his second straight game of pretty mediocre football. Yeah, he threw it 265 yards. He threw it 42 times, but only completed 25 of those 42. Did throw an interception. There's just something off about Josh Allen these past couple games. I don't know if it's the playoffs. I don't know if the pressure is getting to him. But Josh Allen right now does not look like the guy that he looked like last year. And oh, by the way, last year he had Brian Dable as his offensive coordinator. He had Brian Dable in his ear telling him not to throw it and force it into the end zone. So without Brian Dable there, we have seen now that Brian Dable did have some influence on Josh Allen, I can confidently conclude that Brian Dable was instrumental or at least a pretty big part in Josh Allen's success. It wasn't the other way around, which 
I initially thought, I thought that maybe because Josh Allen is just a superhuman, and he is a superhuman, but he was just doing things on the football field that not a lot of people can do. And I thought that Brian Dable kind of rode on the coattails of Josh Allen and rode that to a job with the Giants, but it's been completely opposite. Brian Dable has been amazing with the Giants with the limited roster that he's had. And Josh Allen, he's taken a step back. I don't think Bills fans were expecting Josh Allen to play this poorly. Like, he's not playing horribly, but he's not playing to the Josh Allen level, and he's not playing the superstar, all-pro Josh Allen football like we're accustomed to seeing. So without that, going up against Joe Burrow, who, by the way, Joe Burrow looks like he is a stud, and he's going to be here for a while. The defense was also great for Cincinnati, but the Bengals... Don't mess around with the Bengals because they do have a really good shot to make it to the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are still the favorites going into this game. And for my money, I do have the Chiefs, but I underestimated the Cincinnati Bengals. I just thought with the midseason slumber that they had, Joe Burrow did not get off to the great start. The Bengals were still a pretty good team, but not really clicking on all cylinders. But All of a sudden, they have really found it. Joe Burrow looks like a franchise quarterback and one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Probably top two behind Patrick Mahomes right now. Josh Allen definitely has regressed in that department, and we'll see how he comes back next year. But Joe Burrow against Patrick Mahomes is going to be a terrific game to watch. AFC Championship game Sunday night. And Joe Burrow, as it stands right now, is undefeated in the games that he's played against Patrick Mahomes. That includes the game last year. You know that Patrick Mahomes knows that. You know that the Chiefs know that. And this is going to be a game that I believe is going to be talked about for years to come. And between Mahomes and Burrow, these two guys are going to be competing head-to-head for years to come as well. I mean, this could become the new uh, Tom Brady Peyton Manning matchup, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Like, that's how good this matchup could be. But they got the running game going, something that they really haven't done all season. Joe Mixon had 105 rushing yards. Samanje P. Ryan at 33. They rushed for 172 yards in total. That includes Burrow with over 30 yards rushing. So the Bengals, they went into that game with a game plan, and they executed it you got to give credit to the coaching staff, Zach Taylor, and the rest of the coaching staff there. They absolutely took it to the Bills on a snowy day in Orchard Park. I don't think anybody expected the butt-whooping that the Bengals gave to the Bills. But there is some serious looking in the mirror to do if you're the Bills. They were the favorite all year up until, I think, last week when the Chiefs overtook them, or two weeks ago when the Chiefs overtook them. But they were the favorite and they just they didn't even make it to the championship game. You kind of got a feel for the Bills fans because they're so invested in their team and they expect it every year, at least for the past few years, that they're going to make it to the championship game, make it to the Super Bowl, and win it. This is going to be their year, but each and every year, they don't make it. No matter how good the team is projected to be, no matter how good their quarterback is, no matter how good their wide receivers are, they just cannot get it done in the postseason. I mean, they had it handed to them a couple years ago when the Chiefs came back with 
what was it, seven seconds on the clock and they kicked the field goal. I mean, that was absolutely incredible. And if you're a Bills fan at that moment, you're like, wow, if we can't get it done when we're up by three with seven seconds to go against the Kansas City Chiefs, then are we ever going to get it done? And the answer probably at this point is no. They couldn't run the ball. They ran it for only 63 yards, and that's a huge problem, especially when you go against a really good defense like the Bengals did or like the Bengals played like yesterday. And Devin Singletary, James Cook, the two running backs for the Bills, they just are not getting it done. I saw some people on Twitter saying, go out and get Saquon Barkley, go out and get a good running back. And that that might help too, but the offensive line was overmatched against the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you don't have a good offensive line, I don't care if you have Barry Sanders back there, you're not getting it done if you don't have an offensive line that is moving the defensive line up front. So chiefs Bengals Sunday night, the only game that we haven't talked about now to this point is the Niners and the Cowboys, Dak Prescott. I said it, I've said it on my podcast before. I'll say it again. Dak Prescott is extremely overrated. He threw two interceptions. He's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I think right behind Justin Herbert. And I think now a lot of people are seeing that Dak Prescott isn't really that good. So He's really not being overrated anymore. He's just not rated just because he hasn't been good. But uh, Dak Prescott was not great yesterday. The Cowboy offense only scored 12 points. Brett Maher actually kicked the field goal. So that is something that the Cowboys can hang their hat on. But the game ended up being a lot closer than I thought just because the Niners offense, they couldn't really score either. But George Kittle late in the game was great. He made a heck of a catch that really turned the entire game around. So when you have players like George Kittle, like Christian McCaffrey, like Debo Samuel, um, it makes it a lot easier for Brock Purdy, who is the rookie quarterback, and he looked okay. He He wasn't asked to do too much. They ran the ball 32 times compared to passing it 29 times. So they definitely had a game plan going in to limit the amount of throws that their rookie quarterback has to throw against an elite defense. I think that was a great game plan by Kyle Shanahan, and he went 19 of 29 passing, didn't throw any touchdowns, didn't throw any picks. He had a passer rating of 87, which is pretty solid, and he threw for 214 yards. On the other side, Dak Prescott, too many turnovers. Um, You obviously had the injury with Tony Pollard. That was a huge blow to him because He's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, and now he has a broken leg. Just a terrible time for Dak, for Tony Pollard to get hurt and for the Cowboys to have that injury to Tony Pollard because it was at a crucial part in the game too. But you certainly feel for Tony Pollard and his family. Hopefully he does get back on the field and he recovers very, very quickly. But the Cowboys were just outplayed, and the Niners, I think we all knew that the Niners were a better team going in, and they ended up winning. So like I said earlier in the podcast, I don't think a lot of people are going to have any quips about who the final four teams are in the NFL. I think we all can agree the Niners and the Eagles, the two best teams in the NFC, and then the Chiefs and the Bengals are the two best teams in the AFC. I probably would have said the Bills are better than the Bengals, but I mean, Bills, Bengals, I think they're pretty equal. I think the Chiefs are the better team just because they have the better quarterback. They have Travis Kelsey. They have some weapons offensively. And I think when you have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, I think that is a recipe to win. And they should be the favorites every single game that they those two 
are on the sideline. Doesn't matter who the personnel is. So I'm excited for championship weekend coming up. It's going to be another exciting weekend. And then, of course, we have the Super Bowl two weeks after that. Nothing really else going on in the world of sports. I'll be back on Friday to recap these championship games and recap anything that went on throughout the week. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you on Friday.